Why don't we turn in your Bibles to, uh, where we go? Judges chapter 15. Judges chapter 15. Give us a yell when you got it. Yell. I want to talk about unusual heroes tonight. How many people heard of Samson? You remember here Samson? Strong man in the Bible. I wonder what Samson looked like. Steve? Come on, man. Show us your guns, big boy. Not for public? You have to pay money to see those, do you? <laughs> they cover it up. But tonight I want to talk about Samson and, uh, and, and how God uses unusual people to do extraordinary things. How many people know that? That, that God can use... Uh, the most unusual people, the unusual things, the most unusual circumstances, to to do the most phenomenal things, and uh, but I, man, I just have to look around here and I see some of the people here that, you know, phenomenal. I mean, I look at myself and I think, my goodness, <laughs> you know, some unusual, and uh, but yet God can use us in such incredible ways. And uh, you look at this church here, and I, I, I tell you that. We're not ashamed of it, but this, this church is made up of so many different people, so many different walks of life from so many different backgrounds, so many different things, and there's some really funny people here. And, and I think it's great. I think the world's got to be full of funny people. If the world's not full of funny people, it's like they're boring. And, uh, and it's incredible just to see how, how God has used so many people, how God has used this church in such a, uh, an amazing way uh, by using funny people. And, uh, but tonight I want to talk about, uh, that's why I want to talk about using uh, unusual heroes. And uh, this, uh, let's just have a look in um, Samson, um, what is it? Judges chapter 15. The gunk in my head. Yeah. Unusual. There we are. After a while, in the time of wheat, in verse 1, in the time of wheat harvest, it happened that Samson visited his wife with a young goat. Hmm. <laughs> what a romantic present to take your wife. <laughs> Here, honey, here's a goat. <laughs> Tell you what, if I brought a goat home to my wife, man, ugh, the dog next door would have it. <laughs> but anyway, what a romance. Yeah. Anyway, he visited his, his wife with a young goat, and he said, let me go into my wife. But his father would not let, permit him to go in. His father, his father said, I really thought that you thoroughly hated her, therefore I gave her to your companion. In other words, I gave your wife away, bro. What a father-in-law, eh? What a guy. Is not her younger sister better than she? Please take her instead. And Samson said to him, This time I shall be blameless regarding the Philistines if I harm them. So Samson went and caught 300 foxes. And he, he, caught, what is he? he took torches and turned the foxes tail to tail and put a torch between each pair of tails. Again, we're not... I hope any animal lovers are. <laughs> not telling they're going to go and set foxes on fire or anything like that. But anyway, Samson did. And he, set the to- and he, let, he let the foxes go into the, into the standing grain of the Philistines and he burned up all their, all their grain and all their plants and all that sort of stuff. And, and then the Philistines said, who's done this? And they answered, Samson, son-in-law, this fellow over there. Samson, he's done this and, um, and because he did that. And, and so the Philistines came up and, and burned her and her father with fire. And then uh, Samson said, since you would do such a thing like this, I will surely get... Oh, man, I'm gonna, I'm going to open a can on you. You know what I'm talking about. I'm going to do something. And uh, so he, man, he, he went and gave them a jolly good hiding. And, um, 
So if, if, if you, look in a, you look at the story of, of, of the Philistines and the Israelites, man, the Philistines were uh, Israel's number one enemy. They were the people that were always getting on their turf. They were always killing their people. They were always taking things from them. You look all through the Bible, the Philistines did this. You see they, there was a Goliath, and he harassed them for a few days. So the, the Philistines were, if you look at Israel and, and, and uh, wherever the Philistines were from, Philistinia or whatever. Um, <laughs> what are you laughing at? So the Philistines and that, there was, there was like this, it was like this clash all of the time. There was one kingdom against the other. One, one stage, the Israelites would have the upper hand, and then the next thing, uh, the Israelites would do evil on the side of the Lord, then the Philistines would rise up and take back. And so there was this continual war between Israel and the Philistines. And uh, just like in, like in our world today, you know, there's a, there's a continual war against the, the God's chosen people, the, the, the people of God, the, the people. I mean, God has created people not to go to hell. But God, and so there's, there's, the, there's a war always continually being waged right now for the, for, the, for the lives of men. There's a war. So we have on one side the, the kingdom of God uh, pushing forward, trying to get people, wanting to get uh, reclaim and bring people back into into right relationship with God. And on the other side, we've got the devil, and he's uh, he's doing everything he can because he knows he's going to hell. And so on his way to hell, he's trying to get as many people uh, to to come. He's trying to bring as many people to hell with him, and and, and he's doing that in many different ways. And so here you see right through the right through the, the Old Testament here there's a there's a there's a, always a there's a continual battle is waged between the Philistines and the Israelites, and uh, and so God was uh, God has used different people throughout the course of history in order to accomplish His purposes. And before there were kings, before Israel had a king, they had a season where they had judges, and 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 uh, these people were these men and women were men and women that God had positioned at that point of time. Samson was, was positioned in Israel at this specific point of time for this specific purpose. Just, what, just like you are, uh, you, are, you are positioned here in Hawke's Bay or Mackay, wherever the place may be. Uh, you, you are positioned where you are uh, for God to use you because you are a part of God's plan in order to, for, for you and I to take back dominion over the earth again. So here we've got Samson, and uh, Samson has been robbed. Samson's been robbed of his wife. Samson is uh, really, really upset. Uh, not only did he, he, he lose his wife to another guy, she got given away, uh, he, she got burnt. The Philistines, uh, the Philistines came and they, uh, they heard what Samson had done and, uh, and, and they, they took revenge on her. And they burned her with fire, and they burned the father-in-law, her father, with fire as well. Friends, the thing is, we are in a very real uh, battle here. It's not something that it's not a mystical story that just sort of happens somewhere in, in the Matrix somewhere. It's we are dealing with very real kingdoms that operate around people's lives. I mean, you look, for example, look at the suicide rate. I mean, what, 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 what causes somebody to commit suicide? No, nothing. 
what happens is it's a, it's a demonic force that comes around somebody's life and starts to push them and start to drive them into a way where, they are, where their potential is taken away. The, the, the plans and the purposes that God has planned for their life is taken away. So whenever you and I as the people of God start to stand up and take dominion, start to stand up as the men and women that God has called us to be, there will be resistance. There will be resistance. Friend, as the church starts to arise, as you start to rise as the church, uh, people are going to say some pretty nasty things. And it's not, it's, it's very real stuff. They actually do come and spit at you and they swear at you. I mean, I mean, over the years, man, we have had so much stuff happen to us. People don't like us. People either like us or they hate us. <laughs> it's a good thing. Because at least you know what side you're on. At least people know where we stand. And I've been standing at our house sometimes and a car drove past in the middle of the night and there was a F you, F you, Connells. <laughs> it's like me and Dad were just standing there. Like, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> they were somewhere saying, and so what I'm saying is like there's a very real battle that takes place and, and as we start to stand up, as you start to stand up for things that are right in the community. Interesting, the community tolerates most things except Christianity, which is, which is right. So when you start to stand up for what is right, when you start to push back and start to take territory, you will come under a bit of pressure. And that's where you got to learn to make a stand. And so Samson is one of these men that God had placed at the specific time in order to bring freedom into the, uh, bring a freedom and bring a, a victory to the Israelites. And it says here in verse nine. Now the Philist so had, had the first victory. It went into man. He just whipped them up. And it says in verse nine. Now the Philistines went up and encamped in Judah. Philistines army went and they just. You got one piece of land over here, which uh, which belongs to God. It, it, it belongs to Judah, and the Philistines over here and think, hey man, we're just going to go and plant ourselves right in the middle of you, and we're just going to torment you, and we're just going to, man, we're going to have our way with you, man. We are going to destroy you. We are going to take over your land. We are going to do this. We're going to we're going to rob you of everything you've got. And so there was a. a, a like an, like an incredible intimidation tactic. I mean, the, the nerve of them, they just walked in, walked in and camped themselves in the land of, uh, of, of Judah. Now, the thing is, it's like this. So much of, um, like, uh, like as the church, there's so many different things. Uh, like, the devil is scared of the, uh, the devil is scared of the church. When the church starts to stand up, when you and I stand up as the men and women that, that God has called us to do, the devil will get very, very scared. He will. So, uh, if you want to have a sheltered little life, then, then, then don't stand out. Don't, don't stand up for anything. You'll just fade into a... But stand up and so... Uh, and so the same way as the Philistines recognized the threat that was in Judah because they knew Samson. I mean, they just had a darn good toweling. One man. Flip it, whip them all. Can you imagine that? And so they were intimidated by this. So they thought, we're going to just... We're going to go. We're going to go and camp in their, and camp in their territory, and we're just going to take over it, and we're going to wreak havoc in their land. Intimidation tactics, friend. The thing is, whenever you stand up, whenever you do something, uh, the devil will try and intimidate you. The crowd will stand up. The crowd will invade your land. They will try and get into your territory, and and 
and intimidate you and take from you and rob from you. They want to get into your life. They want to get into the place where you live. They want to get into your sphere. They want to get into the place that is yours and, and, and rob that. And so the so, so, so the Philistines went up and encamped themselves in Judah and deployed themselves against Lehi. And the men of Judah said, Why have you come up against us? And they said, We have come to arrest Samson and to do to him what he has done to us. Then 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock near Etam and said to Samson, Do you, know what? Do you not know that the Philistines rule over us? What is this that you have done to us? And he said to them, as they did to me, so I've, I've done to them. You know, they, they took stuff from me, man. They took my wife. They burned her. Nobody takes what belongs to me and gets away with it. Don't think that the devil can come and drive young people into suicide in Hawke's Bay and get away with it. Don't, don't even think that. You think that people tonight are, are wasting their lives on drugs. You think what was mine, these young people belong. These people, I mean, our cities, our, our, our nations, are this, our people here tonight, you belong to God. You are originally designed for a relationship with God. That is your original intent. But somewhere, the Philistines, the enemy, something has gone and, and, and separated you from that and is wreaking havoc and is taking you, you're taking your life, taking what belongs from you. Maybe he's taken your finances. Maybe he's taken your family members. Maybe family members here tonight, uh, taken by suicide, taken by drugs, taken by uh, disease. What, you think you're going to stand there? Let him take it. Here you got the mighty people of God, the, the people of Judah. Dis- described, I mean, the Bible describes it, the line of the tribe of Judah. This is the tribe that Jesus himself came from. And one of their own men, in fact, he was their judge. Samson was the judge. Samson was the man that God had put in front of the, over them to, to bring them protection, to bring them freedom. And now they come to him and say, well, uh, yeah. we've got issues, Samson. These guys are pretty ticked. So what are you going to do? Wasn't that long ago I read in the paper that, I mean, I don't want to keep on coming back to the suicide, but it wasn't that long ago when I read in the coroner's report in the local paper saying, uh, appalled at the level of, uh, of suicides in the Bay Head. I mean, you only have to read in the paper those two little, two little kids up in, you know, different Maori people here tonight. It's like, man, that, that's your heritage. Man, those... Are we just going to stand there and let them take it? So here on one side you've got the mighty people of God starting to cower and say, well, Samson, man, we're in trouble because... And here's this man who's just single-handedly opened a can of... You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And they're coming to him scared, saying, what's going on? So tonight you're either in two camps... Either you're part of the great army of God, a Christian, and you're rolling up belly up, saying, 
or either we stand up as the church and do something about what's happening in society today. It's more than just standing here and singing happy, clappy songs and stuff like that. I mean, this is, like I was saying this morning, as ambassadors of Christ, you and I are ambassadors of Christ. We're not church sales reps or anything like that. We are an ambassador of Christ. We are here to extend the kingdom of God. The ground that we stand on, that is kingdom embassy. Means wherever I am, the realm of the kingdom operates. Wherever I am, the people experience faith. Wherever I am, people experience generosity. Wherever I stand, people experience victory. Wherever I stand, people experience hope. What do people experience when they stand around you? So you and I as, as ambassadors, and so they said, the 3,000 men of Judah, man, they think, is that 3,000 men down to one guy? <laughs> that's, that's a lot. That's a lot for one guy, man. But, uh, you know, I reckon Samson, and there's so many people describe Samson as like, man, he's this, he's this incredible big guy, just much like Steve. Set of guns on him. Mate, ready to go. Look at that. Welcome to the gun show, Stephen. <laughs> but I don't believe Samson was such a guy. And I believe Samson was just a, a normal looking guy. I don't believe he was a, a strapping man like Steve. <laughs> I reckon he was somebody like. What? <laughs> Not to me like you. That's great. But I reckon Samson was just a, a normal looking guy. But something would come around his life. He was a man that he had, his birth had been prophesied. His, his birth was a supernatural experience. He was a man which uh, kept himself pure for God. He was a man that had the anointing of God upon his life. Friends, that is what makes an ordinary person extraordinary. I mean, like this, uh, anyway, we'll just go on a bit further, but it says... And then, they, and then the men of Judah, everybody say the men of Judah. The men of Judah were his own men. They were his own people. They were his own family. They were his own whanau. They were, man, he was, they were the people that he was ruling over and they were, man, they were supposed to be the, of the same. They, was, they were from the same family. And he said, you know, the Philistines rule over us. What is it? And he said, in verse 12, he said, but they said to him, we have come down to arrest you that we may deliver you into the hand of the Philistines. And then Samson said to, me, said to them, Swear to me this, that you will not kill me yourselves, you cheeky beggars, you flipping snakes. And so they spoke to him saying, No, 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 we're not gonna, we, won't, we won't kill you. But I tell you what we will do. We will tie you securely and deliver you into their hand, but we will surely not kill you. And so they, so they bound them with two, two new ropes, and they brought him up from the rock. And then when he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. In, in, incredible thing. It's like, here's his own men, his, his own people, the, his own brothers, his own part of the, the nation that God brought out of Egypt into a promised land. I mean, these, the different, you know, the different tribes, Israel, Judah, Dan. I mean, they were a family that, that God brought out of 
Egypt into a, into a place, out of a place of bondage and into a place of freedom. And here it is, his own brothers delivering up to the hands of the Philistines. The thing is, it's like this. Instead of recognizing Samson as the deliverer for whom the Lord had raised up for them, crowding around him with support, they sold him out. The very people that were supposed to be loving him. The very, very people, his own family. Just when he had won a great victory, had a number of defeats, but had a number of victories, they started to sell him out. The very person that God had ordained, had set over to bring freedom and to bring hope. The same story you look a lot long later in the Bible with Jesus Christ. God sent his only son into the earth that you and I would have freedom. That you and I could live and walk in freedom, that we could live in blessing, that we could live in relationship with God. What did the church do? Well, the, the religious people, the very people that killed him. There's so many times especially in the body of Christ and in the church. and How do we kill people? We kill them with our words. What we do, what we say. And so many times, like for young people, your parents, God puts put you in a family, he's put parents over your life to, to, to protect you, but sometimes things don't work out. Sometimes we do things to our parents, or sometimes we do things to our ministers, our pastors. We talk about them. The very people that God has put over our lives in order to bring blessing and to bring security to, we start to betray. How do we do that? With our words, with our actions. Our words are very powerful, our words. Maybe for some of you here tonight, though, that you could be the one like in Samson's place. The very people that were trying to, that were supposed to love you, sold you out. The very people that were supposed to be supportive of you, your own family, your own cousins. You'd done so much for them. You bought, you bought them victory. And they sell you out. But the thing is, understand this, that God can use any situation to turn it for good. See, when you look a little bit further on, say, in, the, in, in, in the next verse, it says, and the Philistines came up, man, they were shouting for joy. They were shouting, saying, oh, man, this is a great day. Man, you just wait till we get our hands on that boy, man. We are going to just pull him apart. We're going to pull him apart. We're going to make a mess out of him. They were shouting, they were happy, because they thought that they had taken the upper hand. They thought they had taken... Authority. They thought they had taken the influence over the God's people. They thought they were now in a position of victory. You look at this, Samson, he says, when his own men came to... I wonder what was going through Samson's mind when they started to put the ropes on. For some of you here, when people that you love or people that are supposed to be supportive of you 
about to betray you, they start to put the Bible. What do you do? What do you do when someone starts to treat you right that way? What do you do when you start to feel betrayed? What, what, what sort of goes on? You wonder what was going through Samson's mind right there. He, he's thinking of himself, man, 3,000 men. That's a piece of cake. Man, I, man I, could, I could get away. Man, I could do me some big damage here. How many people, when you got hurt, when you've been put into a position like that, all of a sudden, man, your heart gets angry? You want revenge. I'm, I'm, I'm not doubting that they're very real feelings. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Samson himself, he was pretty ticked. He was pretty ticked. But what would you do? thing is, it's like sometimes when we get put in that place where the, pe- the very people that are supposed to be loving and supporting us and to getting behind us, we start to react. You see, God had a plan. Things with Samson, he held his call. He knew that somehow, if he just kept his faith, kept his trust in God, that God, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> he knows what he's doing, that if he kept his faith, he kept his hope in God, that, that somehow it was all going to work out. So here they go, they, they, they bind him up, and Samson's sitting there, I wonder where he's, he's sort of thinking, I thought, wow, where are we going? This, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Bound up, new ropes about to get delivered over to the Philistines. Let's have a look at what it says in, um, in verse 14. It says, When he came up to Lehi, they, when they brought him up to the place, the Philistines came shouting against him. But then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. See, the thing is, it's like sometimes God will use situations in order to, for you to come, in order to bring you in a position, into a position where you can have an incredible victory. Sometimes God will put you in a place, will put things, will bring you into positions where you could choose either to react and to run away and to seek revenge on your own family or to channel that and take it against the real enemy. You and I here today, most of us are Christians. We're brothers and sisters. It doesn't matter if people from another church Somehow often the, the people, you know, people from other churches or, you know, different, different denominations that, you know, we can look down or, or, or point the finger at them or, or speak bad things against them. Friends, they, anyone who calls on the name of Jesus Christ, it, it's, it's your brother or your sister, it doesn't matter what, what church. I mean, I even know of an Anglican minister, man, he, he stood up and, Gave another guy a, a, a toweling because of his unbelief. When somebody who's supposed to love you speaks against you, don't fight them. Let God have his way. Let, you don't know what God's doing in the midst. And it says he gets into this position. See, if he decided to take the law into his own, own hands and said, Ah, the heck with you guys. And never, if he started to react or start to let his heart get too wound up and, see, and wanted to seek revenge on his own people, he would have never been able to get into the position that God put him in. And it says here in verse 40, and then, and then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. 
And the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that was burned with fire. And his bonds broke loose from his hands. The thing is, it's like for some people here tonight, maybe you've been in a position, maybe uh, you're in the place what I was talking about before, where the people that are supposed to love you or support you or stand with you, man, they've, they've put bondages on you, they've bound you up. Maybe it's with the words that they've spoken. Maybe it's people here tonight, maybe you've been abused. For some people, maybe your father, he was supposed to be there for you, but he was never there. And you've lived life in bondage of hatred or resentment, or you've lived a life bound up. The Bible says when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, those bonds became like flax that had been burned with fire. Friend, if you've got, bond, if you've got stuff around your life right now, if you feel like you're in a position where you're being betrayed or you feel like you're, being, you're in a position where uh, it, it, it looks like you're in bondage, friend, the thing is you need to get in the presence. You need to get in the fire of God because it's something when the fire of God comes around your life, when you start to, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you will have a breakthrough. It doesn't matter what people saying, doesn't matter what the circumstances are like. When you get the Spirit of God around you, He can break any bondage. Doesn't matter what position you've been into. And it says here that all of a sudden you've got this the massive Philistine army and his own people there. And they all thought he was bound up. But actually, no, God had used circumstances to position him to a place where he could have an amazing victory. And it says here, oh, he looked around, he's free. And he says in verse 15, he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, reached out his hand and took it and killed a thousand men with it. The thing is, it's like for different ones here tonight, we know in our community, we know that we need to stand up. We know that we are in a position to to bring a victory. We are no, I know for me right now, I know that I'm in a position. I know that God has put me here in order to change Hawke's Bay. I know God has, God has put a dream. God has put something in my heart to see the youth culture, to see the culture of Hawke's Bay changed, to see bonds broken, to see the enemy pushed back. So it doesn't matter what, is around, what circumstances are around I know that when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon me, an ordinary man, the Spirit of God becomes a supernatural hero. Different ones here tonight. God has positioned you. God has put you in your school. God has put you in your place of work. God has put you wherever he's placed you. He's placed you in that sphere of life for you to bring a victory. Doesn't matter what is going on. Doesn't matter what the circumstances. You get the presence of God around you. Doesn't matter how... Uh, how good you look or how good you don't look. I'll tell you what the God, God will bring. So he says he, he found the, the jawbone of a donkey. No, it was a jawbone. <laughs> it was a jaw. He's looking around, he's free, and he said, what do I see? What can I, man, I'm, I'm about to kick some butt. What do I need? It's for a jawbone. He says, hey, he sees a donkey, and this donkey's been dead for a while. He picks up this jawbone. Friend, the jawbone speaks of your mouth. Our words have the power of life or death. 
What do you speak? What do you speak over yourself? What do you speak over your school? What do you speak over your business? What do you speak over this, over this region of Hawke's Bay? If it, what comes out of your mouth? See, your words have creative power. Your words have the power to bring, uh, bring a move of God or to, or to shut one up. And I've heard many people say about Hawke's Bay, man, this place sucks. There's nothing here for me. That's right, there's nothing. Get away. We don't need you here. The very words, there is nothing here for me. Well, it's all about you, isn't it? Man, we will live in one of the most beautiful places in the world. The thing is, what can you put into the bay? <laughs> there is everything here for you. This, here, this place is the place where God wants to bring a victory, and this is why he's got you here. Your words have tremendous power. What you speak over yourself, I'll never amount to anything. Or what about, what do you speak against people around you? What do you speak like, to your boss? What, what about your parents or, or, or people in leadership? I mean, when, especially when it comes down to government. I mean, most of us here are Christians, and most Christians don't like the Labour government. I mean, there are some exceptions, but when it comes to Helen Clark, what do you, what do you talk about? How do you talk about her? I don't like her personally, but she's still Prime Minister. She's still the Prime Minister. You still, our words that we speak, even against her, will affect her. What do you speak against? The, what are the words that come out of your mouth? See, your jaw, what do you speak around your school? When people are around you, what do they hear come out of your mouth? Is it unbelief? Is it hope? Is it faith? Or is it despair? Oh, life sucks. Oh, stay away from me, man. Oh, I don't want to get. You found a jaw. See, there was a weapon in your jaw, there is a weapon in your words. When he saw that thing, even though it looked, it looked a joy, it didn't look much. But baby, when he picked it up and got it in his hands and got the anointing of God around this thing, baby, he made that, that dead jaw talk. Oh, yeah. He said, come to Papa. <laughs> Daddy's got something for you. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? For some of us, it doesn't matter whether you're educated, highly educated or unhighly educated. When you start to, uh, Isaiah said, I think it was Isaiah or Ezekiel, he said, woe is me for I am a man of unclean lips. And he said, because I'll send you. Moses was another one. Yeah, I can't speak. Doesn't matter. I'll send somebody else to speak for you. Doesn't matter how uh, Paul said, I'm, my, my word, I don't speak with wise or persuasive or eloquence of speech, but my words have power. Well, words come out of your mouth. It was a jawbone. The other thing, it was, it was at his feet. It was right there. So many times we look for weapons. We, we look for a, a great big minister to come from overseas to, to bring a revival meeting and all out. Well, the, the whole place will be saved. No. That's great, but it's not going to work that way. It's at your feet. Sometimes we look for... A, 
sometimes we look for incredible weapons or if I was, if I only had this talent or only if I had that talent or maybe if I had this or I had that or this type of weapon. Like Saul with David. He said, where, where my armor? Tried it on. No, it doesn't fit. He had what had, he grabbed what was lying at his feet. It was in his hand's reach. Friend, what is in your hand's reach that you could use? It may seem small. It may seem, it may seem insignificant. It may seem nothing. It, look, it, it may just look a pile of fossil. What is it your fan? What is around you that it's hand reached? It may be a business. It may be, may be something. For me, I would have been looking for the biggest gun or the guy with the biggest sword or the sharpest sword. But no, no, no. Picked up a jawbone. You would have thought that the first swipe, whack, you thought he would have taken a sword and started using that. No, 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 no. He continued to use the weapon that was in his hand all the time. The thing that was closest to him. Friend, you don't need to go around looking for flash weapons. We don't need the flashes banned. We don't need, I mean, all these lights are great and the facility is fantastic. But what's in your hand? What is close to you right now that may seem insignificant, but when you get your hand upon it, something it transforms into a mighty weapon? What is it that's close to you? So he picks up this thing and he gives them a darn good caning. Don't wait for the perfect weapon to use. Use what you've got, no matter how insignificant. Hold on to that weapon. Don't let it go. Took out a thousand men with it. Tonight we need a victory in Hawke's Bay. <laughs> we really do. Maybe some of you here tonight need a victory in your own life. Maybe for some of you here tonight, you're in bondage. The people that were supposed to be loving you bound you up. The people that were supposed to support you bound you up. Tonight, the fire of God can release, can break those bonds. Maybe you're here tonight and man, you need to put some things right. Maybe it's the words that you've spoken. Maybe you've put somebody there, God, you're good. You've put them in bondage. Man, you need to repent. Maybe it's words that you've spoken against your boss. Maybe it's words that you've spoken against your parents, young people, teachers. Maybe people here today, you've, you've had comments about different, different ones in leadership and you've got to get the thing right. The very people that God has put over your life, put into your life, to bring you blessing, to care for you. You need to put it right. For some of you here tonight, man, you need to stop looking around for the next great big revivalist to come through town and pick the thing up yourself. You start to stand up. That is why you're in the place where God has put you. Let's finish off with the last, last verse. In uh, Titus chapter 1, verse 5, it says this, For this reason, Paul says to, uh, to, 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 uh, to Titus, a young man, he says, For this reason, 
I left you in Crete that you would put in order the things that are lacking. In other words, for this reason, I've placed you in the position where you are. For this reason, I've made you the way that you are made. For this reason, I've made you the shape that you are. For this reason, I've put you in the job that you, that you would put in order the things that are lacking. In other words, that you would bring a victory in Hawke's Bay. Don't look for another, don't look for, we'll have, we'll have revivalists through, I mean, that's not the point, but the point is, you guys have got to start to, you and I have got to start to stand up. Amen? You look at, uh, you know, like I said, you look at the, the church right now, the different ones, like um, my mum and dad, Mike and Joy, who would have thought, I mean, you want to see pictures of him when he was a, a university student, man, you look at him and think, my goodness, that man there? Going traveling the world. No, I'll show you. I've got these photos of, of uh, home of uh, Pastors Kong and Sun Hee from City Harvest Church. And uh, you look at them and think, heck, don't look much. My goodness, man, they've got one of the largest churches. You've got 22,000 in the church, young people. She's now. And it's an incredible thing, just finishing up with this, that um, just like Samson, where he had what was, what was his taken from her from him. Now I know for myself, and I know this, this woman's son, she had a miscarriage, and the devil came and, and took a child. And um, she could have got offended, she could have just closed off, she could have just said, oh, enough of that, enough of ministry, I thought we were supposed to be. But no, 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 she made a decision to stand up, and now she is seeing uh, literally thousands and thousands. She is now number one Number top in MTV. She went in uh, uh, in China. She's top of MTV um, Europe, and she's got a five million dollar recording contract in Hollywood. Seeing thousands of people, just because she got into the presence of God, she took a weapon that was close to her. Now she's seeing a victory. Different ones here seeing the same thing. As our church, you and I, as we stand up, we will see a victory. Amen.